Hi everybody, welcome back to the Babbling Bearded Biker podcast. Thanks again for tuning in, and here comes this episode. Hello everybody, welcome back to the Babbling Bearded Biker podcast. So I just want to say, first of all, thank you for for everybody supporting me, telling me face-to-face how how much they like it and how much they like listening to me babble on. Um, so I checked my numbers today, and somehow... I've had over a hundred listens in Belgium. So if you're listening from Belgium, hello. Don't know how that happened, but not complaining. So in this episode, what I'm going to be talking about is I'm going to be talking about something which has been going on in my life for a couple of quite a few months now, nine months to be exact, um, and that's bullying. Um, something which I've experienced personally myself. Um, which my wife has experienced, and unfortunately my daughter has experienced it, my eldest daughter. But I'll come on to that shortly on the extent of that bullying. So bullying. People people see bullying as a normal way of life. You go to school, there's always that one kid, or more than one in some cases, who bully or are bullied, and it's seen as normal. Now, there's some quite shocking statistics which I just browsed by when I was researching for for this episode. And actually reading them myself, I'm actually quite shocked how much, how how rampant, how much of an epidemic it actually is. So 14% of all British pupils in the UK, so talking England, Scotland, Wales, Northern Ireland... 14%, 1-4% 14%, 1-4% have been bullied at school. And that's a, that's a massive number. I mean, if you care to do all the numbers of the many thousands of school kids, all the way from reception right up to the end of year, I don't know what they are now, year 13 now, and 14% of those kids have been bullying, have been bullied of some degree, of some type of bullying. And even more shocking is the fact that 46% of kids in the school system have been bullied at some point in their school career. 46%, just under half of all children have been bullied at, at some point and somehow during their school careers. Now, I mean, 46%, under half of them have been bullied at some point by a single person, many people, the statistics don't actually say. And and technology as well, it's advanced massively over the years. I mean, look at it the way I see it. If the uh, COVID pandemic had happened when I was at school, we wouldn't be doing Google Classroom. We wouldn't be doing... Microsoft Teams or the, the reams and reams of other programs that are used to, um, to to do the schoolwork. But with the technology advancing, the the way that bullying has changed as well has come on leaps and bounds, unfortunately. Um, I mean, cyberbullying, again, it's absolutely massive. 88% increase, 88% increase in the last five years for cyberbullying. And I mean that can be that can be over Facebook, over Twitter, over WhatsApp, um, you know, over Instagram, 
over Snapchat. There's, there's hundreds of social media outlets. And the thing is, with cyberbullying, it's so hard to deal with because as parents, you can't you can't say to kids, you know what, no more Facebook, no more WhatsApp, no more this, no more that. My, my eldest isn't on any social media apart from WhatsApp, and that's so we can get hold of her. Um, I mean, even TikTok. TikTok, there's been issues with cyberbullying. And they can't cut it off. They can't shut it off because that's how they communicate with other friends. But over five years, 88% nearly doubled in five years for cyberbullying. And, I mean, you also go into the reams of uh, revenge porn, you know, and that, that sort of thing. And that's when it starts getting really scary. I mean, bullying itself is scary. And as parents, it's scary for us. But even more so for the kids who are dealing with it. And, I mean, like I said, my kid doesn't have any social media, my eldest. But that's because me and my wife have said no. So, no, you're not, we're not doing it. And, I mean, I don't care what any other parent parent lets their child do. Um, I mean, Anastasia has a Switch, which is all we all share. Um, she plays Minecraft on the Xbox with me. And that that's it. That's as far as it goes for that sort of thing. And she's got a phone, so me and my wife can contact her and WhatsApp her and that sort of thing. But I wouldn't, but but we check her messages because we know what kids are like. We know bullying happens, and like I said, she's currently being bullied. And I mean, but there's other kids who are like, yeah, I'm on Facebook, I'm on WhatsApp, I'm on Twitter, I'm on TikTok, I'm on Discord, I'm on Reddit, I'm on all of these things, and it's just opened a massive avenue for people to send these sort of messages. And I've seen some messages myself on Facebook from kids to kids, and they've been absolutely disgusting, absolutely disgraceful. I mean, some of the stuff that these kids are coming out with is, quite frankly, disgusting. Um, I'm going to set you on fire, I'm going to rape you, I'm going to do this, I'm going to do that. Come to school tomorrow, I'm going to beat the crap out of you. It's absolutely disgusting, and I blame the parents. The risk of sounding like an absolute Karen. If Karen, my friend's Karen, if you listen, I do apologise, but you get it. I blame the parents, because if I found out my kid was doing that, then there'd be hell to pay. There really would. The phone would go in a bloody microwave. And I just can't understand. But we, we digress. We digress. So 16,000 kids are absent from school. 16,000 kids are absent from school because of bullying. Because they are too scared to go to school. Because they're going to be made fun of. They're going to be physically abused. They're going to be sexually abused. 16,000 children. I mean, that is a massive number, absolutely massive number. And that, to me, says that the schools are not doing enough. They are not doing enough, which we will get on to shortly, and you'll understand once I tell, say, why, um, why I feel like that. And it's a massive number, and it's not one you can even envision. I mean, 16,000 children, our children, 
are off school because of bullying and unfortunately my daughter is one of them which again i will get on to shortly because if i start now i won't stop so out of all of these numbers 55 percent so over half of these children who are victims of bullying will get some form of mental illness more than likely depression now i started therapy last year um we kind of got to the started getting to the cusp to the cusp of why I had these mental health problems, and we were digging in deeper and deeper, and it turns out that bullying was a big part of it. I was bullied when I was younger, and I was bullied at school, not so much physical, but kind of two stages when I lived up north and when I moved down here. But when I lived up north, it was physical. The odd punch here and there from the same kid, the local hard nut, which apparently last I heard he was some dosser who was off his tits on drugs all the time. So that doesn't really surprise me, to be quite honest. Um, but I've developed problems from it, which has led on to further problems in my life. But if you think about the 16,000 kids who are now off school because of bullying, when you think of it, 55% of that, so what's that? 8,000, 8 and a bit thousand, that's a massive amount of children who are going to have issues when they grow up or when they become of age and they start dealing with this, with these issues, they start dealing with these mental health problems, with this depression, with this anxiety and, you know, 8,000 and that's just from bullying. That's just from being bullied at school. Now that's just that's just opening the doors for a massive epidemic. I mean, the mental health services in this country are, are massively, massively strained with the lockdowns and generally how shit life is. Um, with cost of uh, cost of living rises and rampant poverty, food banks, yada yada yada. yada. So the mental health services are massively overwhelmed um, and underfunded. But yeah, again, let's not go there because I'll just I'll go on a tangent and then then this podcast will end will go from being about twenty well about forty minutes to about five hours. Um, but they're going to struggle. They're they're going to struggle, and that could lead to suicide, self harm, all of the above. And as a country, we are not prepared for that the nhs is not prepared for this massive massive rise in mental health problems it rose enough with the covid pandemic with the uh, the lockdowns and the isolation and you know this whole virus we didn't know about and add on to that bullying that's another eight thousand it's it's just going to overwhelm overwhelm the mental health services and then on top of that, the difference between when I grew up in the early 2000s to now, kids are maturing older, maturing younger, sorry. So a lot of kids are finding out who they are, finding out they don't actually like boys, they like girls. Or, you know, they found out actually, I'd neither feel like a boy or a girl today. I just feel like, I don't know the complete terms, I'm not not in any way, shape or form trying to 
understand it because I do not understand it. I'm not going to lie. I'm just happy for someone to be who they are. If they're happy, fine by me. But 65% of LGBT plus kids, again, we're talking about children, have had homophobic, um, homophobic abuse at schools. And my daughter's got some friends. Uh, she's got one, one particular friend. Absolutely lovely guy. Um, obviously, not going to name names or anything. But he wants to be a fashion designer. He's camp as they come. Even his mum has said, if he's straight, I will be very surprised. <laughs> and, you know, he's had homophobic abuse. I mean, he's the same age. He's 11. I mean, you know what? More bloody power to him. If he can be a fashion designer, he will be raking the money in. And I can't, I can't understand why. I can't understand bullies, purely and simply. I can't understand it. I mean, I think it's something. Either the parents didn't raise them right, or um, they've got something wrong with the brain, really. Um, and I mean, this lad is lovely lad, absolutely lovely lad. He's one of Anastasia's oldest friends. And I've seen some of his designs, and they're absolutely fantastic. I mean, you know, I'm not, I don't do fashion. Anybody who knows me personally knows I do not do any fashion. But I can see that, you know, he's going to go far. But he's had homophobic abuse. And it's it's just 65% of people who are gay, people who are bisexual, people who are trans, have had this abuse 65% and again that's a massive number if you look at the amount of kids that are in in school at the minute and again it's going back to the schools and I mean people will be shocked to know this but there is no law in place for schools to deal with bullies no law they need to have a, um, a, a charter or guidelines on how to deal with bullying but there's no law to say they have to deal with it. Um, and I'll fill you in on my eldest daughter shortly, and you'll see what I mean. I mean, moving on to moving on to the workplace. I mean, I have been a victim of workplace bullying, and um, I'm not going to say too much about it because it's my my current place of work, um, where I worked previously, and I would go whole twelve hour shifts. If not speaking to anybody. 12 hour shifts with not a single bit of human contact from my colleagues. Patients, yeah, obviously. I got a lot of human contact from them and a lot of lot of lot of talking from them. But I could go whole shifts without anybody saying a single word to me. And it, it made me feel awful. I mean, 20, 23% of the whole work workforce in the UK has been bullied of some description. Um, 25% have been intentionally left out of various various things. I mean, I was when I was working in that area, again, name me no names because I do value my job and the fact that I can feed my family on, on my wages. Um, I would come into work, find out who I was working with, get a handover, and that was it, till 7 o'clock the following morning. I wouldn't speak to anyone. And, you know, I wasn't invited to any nights out. I wasn't 
included in anything. Everybody else will, you know, back in the time when we could have a cup of tea at 2, 3 o'clock in the morning. Um, and they were like, oh, we've all got a cup of tea. I thought, that's all right, I didn't want one, thanks. I said, yeah, well, you know, and it's that sort of, that sort of mentality. And 12% um, weren't able to make any friends with any of the, anybody they work with. And, I mean, you've got to think about how isolating that is and how um, bad it is for the person to turn up to work, place where I spend more time at work than I do at home, and actually not actually be able to speak to anybody. And having experienced it for myself, I mean, it was absolutely terrible. It really was terrible. I mean, I always make a laugh and a joke about it, so I'm not young, blonde and pretty. I mean, again, people know me out of know me personally. I'm far from pretty, um, <laughs> but I was never involved in anything. I mean, my leaving present was a bottle of Budweiser, which I don't. I'm not keen on Budweiser, and a couple of big chocolate bars and a card that I've been signed by those on shift. I worked there for six years, and it actually came to a head when my wife gave me an ultimatum said, you either leave that place and go somewhere else, or I'm leaving. Because I was just always in a foul mood. I was depressed. Um, my anxiety had kicked off. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it anymore. I just couldn't really do it anymore. I mean, thankful to say, moved to a new department and everything changed. Everyone's lovely. I've not seen any bullying. You know, I mean, I'm not one of the popular kids, I never have been, but everybody works together, everybody works amazingly, nobody's ever left out, not intentionally anyway. I mean, obviously, things happen, but, and, you know, the boss, i.e. the wife, said to me, you know what, moving to that new place is the best thing you've ever done, and, you know, I still believe it is. So, like I said, the, the legal aspects of it, so, un, for work... Um, bullying is covered under your your workplace policy and I've found that normally they're quite harsh on bullies um, but you've got to make sure all your ducks are in a row and you, you've got everything squared away properly now ACAS A-C-A-S are really an amazing service um, which will give you advice on how to deal with the workplace harassment and that sort of thing and you know, I mean, if I went to my boss now and said, look, I'm being bullied by so-and-so, and I know damn well, she'd be like, right, okay, here's a bullying policy. Let's go through it together. Da-da-da-da-da. And, I mean, under the Equality Act as well. Um, you know, I, I don't fill any of the boxes for the Equality Act, but I do know that any of my colleagues who did fill the boxes under the Equality Act... I, I'm pretty certain there would be a ton of bricks falling on this person who was bullying them maliciously. But at school, there is no law. There is no law to, you know, make these bullies um, face any sort of punishment at all. So, okay, so this comes on to my daughter. So, my eldest daughter, she's 11. 
she's been bullied for nine months. Nine months she's been bullied. Her schoolwork has deteriorated. She's got no love of life anymore. She's self-harming. She's suicidal. This is all because of one child in her class. Now, I'm not going to go too deep into it because I'm very angry about it. And also, we're going to the school in a few days to have a meeting with the head teacher. But as someone who's literally lives and breathes um, safeguarding through my work, I, I know that this is a massive safeguarding issue. She's been physically abused. She's been verbally, she's been left out of things. She's had rumours made about her. So much to the point that me and my wife made the decision to pull her out of the school. You know what, I welcome the truant officer coming round. I would love to stand up in court and just be like, right, okay, here's what's going on. This is why she's not in school. To the point that I was on the train this morning at 11 o'clock with my daughter and I took her to my mum and dad's in Middlesbrough. Met up with my mum and dad not, with my mum in Nottingham. Handed her over. Went for something to eat, obviously. Handed her over. And she's spending some time with my mum and dad. Because me and my wife, we don't know what to do. We're, we're fighting a battle. And we don't seem to be getting anywhere. We've told the school. We've... We've had to get a CAMS referral, a child and adolescent mental health service referral. She's been referred to a few other mental health places as well. Because of bullying. Going back to statistics, 55% of victims, that's one of them is my daughter. And it's painful as a parent to know this is happening and know that the school is doing absolutely fuck all about it. It's it's awful. Absolutely awful. I've got my own battles at the minute with my own mental health, which are steadily getting better, thankfully. Thank you very much, pharmaceuticals. <laughs> but adding this on top as well, I mean, the fact we pulled my 11-year-old out of school is bad enough, but the fact we had to send her away for essentially respite with my mum and dad miles away from me miles away from the wife miles, miles away from anybody she knows she knows she's gone up to be with my family for about a week and a half two weeks and it, it, it it's awful this could all be sorted I mean it's a systemic issue of bullying which this child is well known for. And we're... I, I, I don't even know what to say. I know what needs to happen. Every single person I've spoken to says, well, why don't they just expel him or suspend him? So I don't know. They keep him in, from, keep him in for 10 minutes from break. She went on a school trip a few weeks back. And she was set upon by this child. A ten-year-old boy, I'll have you know, who's twice her size. Kept kicking her, kept poking her. Kept taking a mick out of her. I mean, we're pretty sure she's on the spectrum for autism. I mean, she's got the tick, she's got 
but we know that an autism diagnosis will take years. But she was trying calming methods. She removed herself from the situation. She went somewhere quiet and just sat and meditated for a bit. Fine, brilliant, well done. He found her, he followed her. Him and some of his little mates kicked her, poked her, took the piss out of her and just basically abused her. Now, the thing was, we weren't told about this. We weren't informed that this had happened. We pulled her out of the week previous, and she really wanted to go on this trip. It was an, like an adventure camp trip. And um, we pulled her out and said, she still wants to go on that, but she needs to get away for a bit because she's really struggling. She's on panic attacks before we even walk through the bloody gate. I mean, the wife took... The schools are next to each other, so the wife took my youngest into one school and then she takes the eldest and the middle into the other school next door. She opened a panic attack right in front of the gates. And all we've had from the school is, oh, well, you know, she doesn't say her feelings properly. She needs some help to be able to articulate her feelings. No, you need to punish the fucking bully. And I mean, properly punish. I mean, why is it so difficult? Seriously, why is it so difficult? If I did that, if I physically assaulted somebody at my workplace, I would expect to be in front of the boss, her boss, and HR within two hours and be told, you need to leave. You're, you're done. You've just punched so-and-so in the face. You go and you you're being suspended while we while we investigate, and that would be completely deserved. But while at school, it's okay, it's fine, it's fine for this eleven eleven year old boy to bloody assault my daughter. And the thing is, like I said before, I blame the parents. I mean, at what point? Because this this kid is well known for it, well known for it. At what point? Do the parents think, well, actually, maybe we should be a bit harsher on him? Maybe we should. Because he's been let, let get away with bloody murder. And the thing is, Anastasia was getting to a point where I was genuinely fearing that I was going to come home and find her hanging. Because she said to her mum and said to me, you know what, it'd be better if I wasn't here. I mean, that is heartbreaking to hear from my daughter. Absolutely heartbreaking. Before all this happened, before this bullying happened, she was happy, she loved going to school, her grades were average, if not perfect, she was getting credits, she was, her teacher was saying what an amazing student she is, she was polite, she was kind, I mean, if if the school could see some of her kickoffs that she's had, because she keeps on this facade, as kids do, soon... Soon as school's over, soon as she gets home, because we walk, soon as she gets home, there's been things thrown. I've had to pin her down. She's kicked me. She's kicked the wife. And this has all started because of this bullying. So going back to them statistics, I mean, 16,000 kids are in the same boat as my daughter. Exactly the same boat. And... 55% 55% will develop depression. She's already got depression. She's 11. 
11 years old. And this is all because the school have not dealt with it. I blame the school 100%. Well, I blame him, of course, but the school need to grow a pair and say, you know what, we're not having this. You're gone. Absolutely 100%. No ifs, no buts. You are bullying someone. Here's our proof. Piss off. Take take them elsewhere. Thing is, though, she's in year six. She'll be leaving our school in six weeks, seven weeks. She ain't going back there. If I have to bloody homeschool her, I will. But they cannot keep her safe. And this is the issue. The schools are reluctant to suspend someone. I don't know if it's something to do with paperwork or because they don't, you know, they've got their reputation to uphold. But I don't give a shit about that. I don't care about their reputation. I don't care about the amount of paperwork they'll have to do. I care about my daughter. I mean, on the train up to see up to see my mum today was the happiest I've seen her in a long time because she was safe and she was getting away. And that's heartbreaking. The fact I've had to send my daughter away, my eldest daughter, my firstborn daughter, away because a school could not do the damn job. They could not discipline a child. I mean, what the hell is that all about? And the fact there's no law to say they have to deal with it this way, it's a safeguarding issue. It's an abuse issue. I mean, you could even go go for a reach and say it's a bloody criminal issue. I was doing some research, and there was a woman whose son was being abused, uh, being bullied in Rotherham, I think it was, by a child. The school didn't act in it. She sued the school for a four-figure sum. And you know what? I'm bloody tempted. I'm really tempted to sue them and put them on blast. Let everybody know exactly what is going on in this school. I just... It, it, it's heartbreaking and it makes me furious. And and again, people who know me, I don't... I, I like to think I've got quite a long, a long fuse when it comes to my temper but I just want to I just want to go in there in my meeting I want to grab that head teacher drag him over the bloody table and make him realize what they have done to my daughter I mean I'm gonna have my wife with me so I'll probably be trying to stop her from doing it but <laughs> but I mean it's just it beggars belief it really does beg a belief how Schools just do not give a fuck. Purely and simply, they do not care. And we're supposed to trust our teachers, trust the teachers, trust the schools to make the right decision. When I was a cadet instructor, we were locum parentis, especially on the camps. The cadets went away for a weekend with us. And I mean, even cadets, it's a voluntary organisation. The adult instructors were paid... um, a certain amount, I think it was like under 40 quid or something for mileage once a month. And then, I don't, I can't even think if we were paid for camps, to be honest, it was a long time ago. But anyway, I mean, it was the Army Cadets, brilliant organisation. And if there was any bullying 
with the cadets, it was dealt with, and it was dealt with severely to the point where I remember one camp I was on, one of my first camps, there was a cadet who was just being a little toe rag, bullying people, just being a nasty piece of work. We rang his parents. His parents drove from Norfolk all the way to Wales to pick him up because we said, right, he's been bullying these kids. He needs to go. End of. You will come pick him up. He can hand his uniform in next week. That was the end of it. Parents turned up. They were given a talking to by the commanding officer and told on no uncertain terms, he is not welcome. Why is that so difficult for schools? Obviously it's different, but you act in the best interests of the child. Same way healthcare staff act in the best interests of the patient. You know, and as someone who's been locum parentis, I've had cadets under me, under my um under my care, under my command, if you want to call it that. You know, 12 to 18 year olds. And there has been instances of bullying and I've said, right, no more. I will take it further. End of. And that was the end of it because they knew there was ramifications and knew that if they did not stop it, this is what would happen. You will have your parents called. They will come pick you up. Or we'll put you in a minibus with two adult instructors and we will take you home ourselves. End of. No, no, no arguing. And that's how it should be. I mean, I'd like to think, I mean, I've got two other kids in school and I've got no issues with them being bullied because they're a lot more ferocious than my eldest. Um, so, you know, it's just, what what are these schools doing? Honestly, what, what are they doing? I mean, bullying his wife. I mean, these numbers, I think they're about a year or two out of date, but that's bad enough. But now I think these numbers have probably got worse with the COVID lockdown and everything. And, you know, I think the bullies are trying to make up bloody time or something. But I'm very adamant. And every single person I've spoken to has said exactly the same. Exactly the same. Why aren't they Why aren't they suspended? Why is that kid still in school? Why, why, why have they not been punished? And, and that's it. Because it seems, well, it seems it's right. My daughter's missing school. My daughter's had to be removed from school for her safety. And school is allegedly a safe safe place. I mean, they're bullying. Um, they're bullying procedures online. And they're absolutely bloody useless. They're absolutely useless. I mean, not worth the paper it's bloody written on. And I feel that's probably the same for most, most schools. I mean... Yeah, I just can't I can't fathom out why so little has been done to combat bullying. I mean all you need to do is do a quick Google search and you find thousands of charities against bullying. The fact that that's even a thing is bad enough. And I, I I'm I'm lost for words. Absolutely lost for words. I mean, as parents we're supposed to you know, we're supposed to look after our kids. But the people we trust to look after them aren't looking after them. It's that simple. There needs to be a law in place. There needs to be some 
independent body. I mean, Ofsted, they haven't got the staff for it. Safeguarding, they haven't got the staff for it. There needs to be an independent body who will cover X amount of schools, any bullying issues, they go in completely independent from the school and be like, right, this is what you need to do, this is how you deal with it. So, yeah, that's, yeah, I don't even know what to say. Um, it's been a stressful while. And, yeah, like I said, I've got my own issues as well, but this as well. I mean, the one person you need to trust to be your kids, you can't. That's that's the cusp of it. Um, so my, my experience with bullying, um, when I lived up north in Northumberland, uh, there was one, one kid who used to, he didn't beat me black and blue, but he'd just punch me, just out of the blue. Um, and his mum was my childminder for a short while, and uh, he took insane pleasure in just making me squirm. Um, I mean, so I'm feeling like punching you today, smack. That was it. And he was just a fucking psychopath, uh, sort of kid that, you know, pulls wings off flies sort of job. Um, and, yeah, that was that was it for about a couple of years. Um, he had a following, and he took piss at me for anything. But when I went round his, because my mum was at work, my dad was at work, um, he just gave me a smack. I mean, it wasn't, I didn't get beaten black and blue, but it was enough to, enough to cause pain. Um, although no proper marks, not like a black eye or anything. Like I said earlier, um, I think he's uh, got heavily in drugs, I mean, I don't even know if he's alive. And yeah. Don't wish he'll ever dead, but if he is dead, I mean, well, yeah, let's leave that one as is. Uh, so I moved down to, moved down Norfolk when I was 10, and um, I was different. You know, I was overweight, had a weird sense of humour, and took, they took the piss out of me for it. And it went on for years, absolute years. Got to the point, tell the teachers, teach fly, just ignore them, just leave them alone, just move away from them, etc, etc. It's all well and good, but when they're in your form, in your year group, you, you can't. I remember this one time, um, you were all called into a little room, I'd gone to the Gone to my teacher and said, Look, I can't take it, they're doing XYZ. And all of them in there, the whole class, including me, and the teacher pointed at me, said, Right, leave them alone. I don't hear this anymore. Leave them alone. And then walked out. Honestly, it was like bloody wolves. They all just started having a go at me. They started to, you know, call me a snitch and all that sort of shit. And it was just, yeah, I do not speak to anybody from my school anymore. I haven't done for years, and that's, to be honest, the way I like it. I'd rather forget my school days. I mean, school days are supposed to be the happiest days of your life. But with this bullying epidemic, they're not. And that is what has caused my mental health issues and my depression and my anxieties. That has been the basis for it. I mean, getting bullied in school. That, that is the big one. So I'm one of the 55% um, percentage. And, you know, it's not, nice, not a nice place to be. Really not a nice place to be. But I'm, I've come to terms with it. 
I know it's happened. Made me who I am. It's also opened a lot of unhealthy mechanisms, but you know, it is what it is. Nothing I can do about it. I just got to work with it and recognize that it was a shit time and yeah, just come to terms with it and deal with it. And for the most part, I have. I have dealt with it. And having kids myself and going through it with Anastasia has helped me almost also yeah, realize that actually it's not the police who are the issue. It's the schools that are the issue who are not taking a stance and not standing up for their children. Because at the end of the day, when the kids are under their care, they are their kids, they are locum parentis. While the parents aren't around, you expect them to look after the kids. And that is not happening. It's not happening at all. So what can we do? What can we do about it? Be an arsehole. <laughs> and that's what me and my wife are doing. We are being arseholes. We are going full Karen. Again, sorry Karens. Any Karens that are listening. We are... We've got a meeting next week with a head teacher. We... I've taken some outside advice. We're going to have a parent governor with us who's going to sit with us while we do this. Um, we are probably going to go to child social services. We are going to go to... We may even go to the paper. And just say, this is what's happened. This is what the school's doing about it. Absolutely nothing. Go for your life. I don't read the papers. I don't watch the news but a bit of scandal, they will love it. They will eat it up with a bloody fork. And if we all did this, maybe something will change. Maybe will something change within the schools or the law or anything. Anything. We need to protect our children because it seems that the school don't want to. Whether they don't want the agro or the paperwork or the, you know, to be the school that kicks kids out, you know what? I could not give a flying fuck. At the end of the day, my daughter's welfare is important. And I can't thank my parents enough for taking her and giving her this, this respite. Because I know damn well she's going to have a whale of a time up there. She's going to absolutely love it up there. And I do feel that Bullying is something that is forgotten about and just seen as a normal fact of life. It's not. It's not. I mean, the schools need to do something, but again, the parents need to do something. Do something about it as well. I mean, if I found out one of my girls was bullying someone, I I would rip them in half and so my wife. My wife's a victim of bullying. She had her nose broken by the bullies. She punched one back broke their nose, she got suspended. It's almost almost a bit like um, uh, domestic abuse, beaten wife syndrome. You know, it's a bit of an outdated thing, but, you know, the woman gets henpecked for so long, flips, beat the shit out of the abuser, and then gets put down as a domestic abuser. But you can only push someone so much before they flip. And unfortunately, it's going to flip one or two ways. They're either going to take it out on themselves, which ugh, 
hate to say it, but Anastasia was getting close to that. Or they take it out on someone else and really hurt them. And again, you are what you're brought up as. My parents have always brought me up to respect others, to look after those who need it, to help others. Whereas, obviously, some of these parents haven't. And that's what they should be doing. And I can't, I don't even know what else to say. I mean, the fact that this has been going on for nine months says it all. There's been no ramifications. And, well, the thing is, they're going to, they're going to be sorry that they, uh, sorry that they haven't dealt with it because they're going to have to soon once we get everybody involved, including, um, I mean, including Ofsted. Although they're not, they haven't got the power to deal with it, but, you know, it's another another arrow in the quiver, so to speak. Anyway, I've ended my spleen. I feel better, thank you. This is my therapy. If you like what I've been babbling on about, send me a comment, send me a message. I do, I do enjoy the feedback. I need the feedback. If you think it's been crap and I've just completely wasted 40, 50 odd minutes of your time, let me know. Let me know. Anybody wants to join in for a, have an interview about something, um, I'm more than happy to do that. So speaking to speaking to one of my biker brothers the other day uh, on a rally a few weeks ago, sorry, he said that on your podcast you like speaking about stuff that no one wants to speak about. Damn fucking right. If you want to speak about menopause... Um, childbirth, miscarriage, domestic abuse, homophobia. If you want to talk about any of that, and you, you you're happy to be interviewed, give me a bloody bell. I I need content. I need I need stuff to get this going. So as always, everybody. Oh no, I forgot something. So I do a bit of photography on the side. I'm doing a project on domestic abuse. I'm looking for male and female models. Um. Yeah, send me send me a message if you're interested. There'll be no money, but you can use the images and such. But as always, guys, stay safe, look after each other, and don't be a bully. Bye. Thank you everybody for tuning in and listening to me babble on. Your comments are all welcome and I appreciate you listening to me. Look after yourselves.